Welcome to episode 88 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. Spring training has begun, and every time, this time of year, we get people who everyone is talking about. And for now, there's a couple. And I want to start, Stoughton, with Yusei Kikuchi, just because I find the contrast very interesting. Because if you'd asked Blue Jays fans kind of three weeks ago, what do you think about Yusei Kikuchi, they would have said... Things to the effect of it's terrifying that he looks like the probable fifth starter. Why is he even in a fight for that job? And a lot of people have kind of given up on him. And interestingly, all it takes is a couple of outings here. uh, Four total innings, in fact. And now it (laughs) seems like people are back on the Kikuchi train. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, he's looked good. He's looked, like, I, I feel like the pitch clock, uh, I've written this and I said this on Twitter, like I feel like just inducing him to not overthink it and just throw might uh, might be a positive effect for him. Um, but whatever it is, obviously he's worked you know, on some stuff in the offseason, uh, grew that beard, which is perhaps really the real uh, reason behind him looking good, uh, you know, uh, the power of the beard. But no, I, I mean... You're right that it's four innings and that and that that really shouldn't change our opinion of him. But uh, it's better than him coming out and looking like it was you know June 2022, right? Yeah, it's weird with him because first of all, the bar is pretty low in terms of what people want to see. Like they want to see a pitcher who looks broadly in control of the ball, which is a bar that he didn't clear a lot of time last year. So he doesn't actually have to be that spectacular to be you know kind of impressive or at least exceeding people's expectations but also we know and we've talked about the fact that this is a very talented pitcher like his stuff is very compelling I was really in on this signing when it happened I thought it was an excellent gamble on the Blue Jays part even though even at the time it was a little bit of a gamble and so with him it's easier to say oh okay he looks competent now he sorted things out because you know the talent is already there. Like if, I don't know, for instance, if Kevin Biggio suddenly had an incredible spring out of nowhere and he's looked okay so far and there's been some articles about him, but kind of filler in my view. Um, but if he did that, there would still be that like, okay, but at the end of the day, the tools are this. We know the tools with Kikuchi are good. So it makes it easier for us to see what's happening and say, okay, now it's clicking. But I don't know. I'm still, I'll say this. I'm still very, very skeptical. And I I did a piece at Sportsnet about kind of red herrings and Blue Jays spring past, and there's quite <laughs> yeah. a few of them. Yeah. And one of the ones that this reminds me of a little bit, and there's some differences, but it reminds me a little bit of Francisco Liriano in 2017. Mm, uh, he yeah. had 18 innings that year, 29 strikeouts against six walks. And I know that he had come over and he'd been good at times at the end of 2016. So there was a little bit more kind of momentum built into that. But it was another example of like, okay, this is a left-hander with nasty stuff who can miss bats, and here he is doing the strikeout walk thing, and those are hard stats to fake, and his command looks good, and therefore it's going to be a huge year for him, and that really did not, uh, that was not the case, although he did get the Blue Jays to Oscar Hernandez. Absolutely true. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, 2016, he pitched, he pitched great, I thought, actually, at the end of that season before he got hurt. But uh I think you're right. I think, you know, I think what's really going to be a test for Kikuchi is like the first time things start to go sideways, like four innings, uh, it's been fine. You know, some Pirates minor leaguers in there, and like, or even even Pirates big leaguers, not exactly. There's uh, not much of a difference. Not a huge test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, because that's been a thing for him too, right? Like once it started to, uh, you know, it would snowball on him a bit last year, I felt like when he, you know, when things started going badly. 
they would continue to go back like he couldn't get it back on track and that'll be i think a challenge to for him to you know if the mechanics are working right and if everything's going well as it has been so far uh what happens when it starts to go wrong and can he get himself back together within the space of an at bat and an inning to not to you know to mitigate damage and you know continue being an effective starter so yeah uh bigger challenges are ahead but as i say you know it's better than him coming out and you know hitting guys in the face yeah i think the one thing with kikuchi is we need to have a little bit of humility when it comes to our takes on him because a lot of this that's going on with him seems to be between his ears and we're always going to be ignorant about that like no matter how much he says in the media, and he doesn't say a ton in the media, even through his interpreter, and that's absolutely fine. You get kind of generic answers from him, like many other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from our spots, and you know, even if we, the two of us were beat reporters and we were with the team every day, we are just never going to have an, an excellent sense of what's going on with him mentally, what's his confidence level. Like We can look at him and say, wow, he's really buzzing along. He must be feeling great. He's got things back on track, and that's kind of the narrative right now. And that may well continue for a long time. Or like you said, he could kind of hit that first bump and things could get derailed. But he is a player that I'm very wary about having overconfidence about a take with him. And so it's interesting (laughs) to me that it seems like, and this happens with every spring and happens with a ton of players, but a lot of people feel very comfortable saying, oh, you know, look at Kikuchi's on the rails again. It's all going to be good. And there's just a lot we don't know with him. And that's kind of i think it's it's okay to accept our limitations here like in a sports media environment you know it's a take economy as people like to say and so people are really incentivized to say this is what i think and i have a strong thought on kikuchi and he's back and i'm gonna get a bunch of likes on twitter for my my gif of kikuchi striking a guy out and saying this guy's gonna be uh you know an amazing starter this year and there's all these incentives baked into that i think it's okay to say I don't really know where this is going. Like this, yeah, this is a promising four innings uh, before last year. I would have told you that he was going to do much better than he ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, yeah, I don't know. I, it just, the whole situation makes me want to be cautious. And I know that people don't listen to podcasts for, you know, caution and measured takes necessarily. But I, you know, also that I think that's maybe if, if we even have a lane, that might be kind of our lane. So I, that's, <laughs> That is, uh, that's where I'm, I am with it. I, I'm kind of wary of the Kikuchi mania right now. I want to see him succeed because, you know, he is a talented pitcher and I can envision a scenario where he does very well, but I do think that we're putting the cart before the horse with him a little bit. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I will say again, to go back to the pitch clock thing like that, that is, you know, if there is a kernel of optimism that I will allow myself to have, it is that, you know, he does have, he's got to get rid of the ball. He can't, you know, circle around the mound a few times and think about, you know, what he's going to try to do in his next pitch. He just has to kind of go get out there and throw. And I think that I, I'm hopeful that that can be beneficial for him. It'll be beneficial for Blue Jays fans. Absolutely. I know, I know that for sure in terms <laughs> of people's enjoyment of watching the game. I mean, you know, the pitch talk, pitch clock has been, you know, I, I saw a Twitter poll, I forget who put it out, and it was like, you know, do you guys like the pitch clock so far? And, you know, it's like 80% yes. Like, there's almost no resistance on this, and Kikuchi is one of those guys where there's especially no resistance on that. Nobody <laughs> wants no. to watch Kikuchi spend, you know, like an hour and a half to get through three innings, even if he's only given up one run. Yes, agree. On the sort of, I don't know, 
pretty tangible news front, which is a little bit rare during these times. A lot of it, like I said, is kind of speculation on how different players look and, you know, we'll engage with that just like everybody else. Um, but there is a little bit more tangible news in that the Blue Jays have added James Click to their front office in a new role, the vice president of baseball strategy, which is an interesting role just overall. It's a bit of an odd thing because he was, you know, the guy who built I don't know, built is unfair because team building takes place over so many years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he was at the helm of the Astros front office. Uh, They were quite successful, won the World Series, as you might recall. And he got a one-year contract offer from that team, which is pretty unusual for someone in that position, and kind of found himself out uh, floating around in the baseball world and has found a home with the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know if there's any kind of first impressions you have of the Blue Jays adding something like that you know the easy thing to say is that what is there to lose but a little bit of money and what is there to gain but some expertise and someone who seems to be pretty good at this so it's hard to come down against this that's for sure yeah oh absolutely I I saw somebody I thought uh, smartly likened it to Alex Anthopoulos going to the Dodgers for a bit uh, you know after he left the Blue Jays Uh, or it's just it can't hurt to have some you know someone who's got that expertise and, and coming into the front office he's an interesting he's, it's, he's an interesting ad in that we're like in a time where the blue jays are a little more free spending and that seemed to be uh what was like what, what was maybe the cause of some of the friction between him and, and jim crane the the uh the astros owner like from what from what little i've read about it honestly i'm not like an expert on the on the 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 click crane relationship but it, it seemed like uh click is kind of a conservative uh you know he came from the rays organization like a guy who uh uh does not want to, you know, splash money around. Very sort of adherent to uh, the money ballish thing or whatever the Rays, whatever you want to call it, that the Rays do. Uh, Crane was sort of a little meddlesome, I believe, from what you know, from the, the couple of things I read about it, and, and uh, but also was kind of like driving, getting Verlander. You know, it was a call from him that, that, that you know that made that happen. Uh, perhaps you know against the wishes of his more austere GM. And uh, important to remember, anytime we're talking about a click on the Astros, like, and it wasn't really even his team. Too like you, you can you can't say that, but it's like you know it's like a uh, it's like giving Mark Spiro credit for the 2016. Jam. Yeah, it's he like, was with the Rays till 2019. So yes, th- but yes. that so is he also took over in, in early 2020. So that's important yeah. for the people who are worried about Astros cheating, stink, et cetera, et cetera. Although you know the Blue Jays do employ George Springer too, so. Um, yeah, you know, which, I think we're kind of past that, generally uh, speaking. Here, yes, I definitely saw some weirdo on Twitter being like, "Oh, I don't, I can't even cheer for the Jays as a second team. Like they got Springer." Uh, it's like, what? Like, what are you? What? What? What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, there's that piece, uh, Jesse Sanchez talking about his kid with the stutter, who like George Springer, you know, an emotional, amazing piece about you know Springer helping the, this kid uh, uh, get through something that he. You know, dealt with as a child, and uh, uh, all sorts of reasons to love George Springer. Uh, get o- get over it. Get over it. Uh, uh, <laughs> unless we're talking, you know, the Astros should have been punished more. But anyway, that's a digression. Uh, but yeah, click not not there for any of that stuff. Uh, obviously, did make some trades. Did did uh, you know make some deals? Uh, I think signed uh, signed some extensions uh, that look good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to be driving. Uh, anything and the the title is an interesting aspect of it too like it does sound like it's more well literally it's on the strategy side as opposed to like dealing like dealing with trades or contracts or or, or that kind of stuff which uh you know i'm sure he's got expertise there um 
but also I you know you wonder like okay well it's just like the way that the the way that like poaching executives works is it's like you're not going to be allowed to interview unless it's an upgrade so it's kind of like we'll make him a VP of something then he'll have to be like like and then if the, if somebody comes and gets him he'll it'll have to be for like a GM's job which probably works for both sides and it's probably something that will uh that will ultimately happen uh I assume I assume you know relatively quickly but while he's here uh yeah an interesting guy just to have you know, the ear of and to have in the in the front office i don't I, you know it's hard to get excited i don't like i don't know who does what and they talk about the collaborative process but like to go back to what you said originally like you know just to have that expertise there sounds like a good idea i don't know that having, having ben sharing didn't help them a ton but maybe it did yeah he, i mean you know baseball strategy is an interesting title like you say especially when you think about his like i think of him almost more as a Rays guy than an astros guy just because yeah. he was with the Rays from 2005 to 2019 like that is the vast majority of his career in baseball so when you hear Rays, you hear baseball strategy now the blue jays have walked down the charlie montoyo road before just because you have been with the Rays at one point it doesn't necessarily make you uh, a tactical genius that's interesting to me uh, the other thing is sort of... <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, yes, true, correct, learned that. Um, the thing with, you know, if... I think if Shapiro and Atkins had a different relationship, if I were Atkins, I would feel maybe a little bit threatened by this potentially, like having another guy in the building with these type of chops who would, you know, can command a GM role potentially. I don't really think that's where this is going. Like you said, I think it's more likely that this is a place for him to, you know... He doesn't even really need to rehabilitate any image or anything like that. It's just a him, place for him to kind of wait and chill and do something uh, until that next opportunity arises, I would guess. The thing that oh, I, he'll absolutely be, yeah, like next time a team fires its GM or its president of baseball ops or whatever, like he'll, he'll be on the, the short list for sure. Or, but a, probably a good opportunity, right? Like he's probably not someone who is, right. you know, like, I don't know, the Pirates. Not going, to the, not going to the Angels. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he'd be waiting for the right opportunity. This is a place to do that. That's totally understandable. The thing about this move that kind of strikes me the most is, is Click's choice to opt for the Blue Jays, to be honest. Because I imagine mm. that there would be roles of this nature or similar enough around, like, I'm sure he had options just based on his resume yeah again, with the teams he's been with, the success that he's had, you know, like Anthopolis. And Anthopolis is a perfect comparison point here. Anthopolis went to the Dodgers. He probably chose the Dodgers because he felt that that would help improve his personal brand. You know what I mean? Like attaching himself to the Dodgers' success helped him get the next job he wanted. And, you know, if anything, Anthopolis, as much as he's loved in Toronto, probably didn't have the same level of around-the-league cachet as Click does. You know, Click is a, a guy who just won a championship, and we know how highly the Rays guys are thought of, and they get poached all the time, both Rays and Astros, to be honest. So mm-hmm. if you're Click, you probably had your choice of a few places to go, and I think the Blue Jays should feel pretty good about themselves that a guy of this stature comes on and thinks, you know it's going to help me get the next good opportunity is and continue to add to this resume and building is spending time with this Toronto Blue Jays team and potentially sharing in that success. So that that is actually the thing that stood out to me the most about it is that a guy like this feels like the Blue Jays, you know, what they're doing as a franchise and the success they're going to have could help add to his brand and his appeal around the game. Well, that that's one way to look at it. That's probably the correct way to look at it. Though the <laughs> the other side is I don't know how, like how secure is ross if the if the team you know just com- comes out of the gate and completely falls on its face which i don't think will happen um 
you know, and I, I, you know, I don't know how much of a part of his calculation this might have been, maybe zero. Uh, but it's not entirely implausible to me that, you know, the the way last year ended, missing the playoffs by a game in, in 2021, you know, having to fire the manager, you know, Ross, is, I don't think is on the hot seat, especially like you say, because of the relationship between him and Shapiro. But if Shapiro felt, you know, the, 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 he was compelled, he felt that there was, you know, he had to make a move but didn't really want to upset the apple cart too much. You got a you got a guy right there, uh, who knows how to how to sit in the big chair, right? Um, I don't see that happening, uh, but maybe that's part of the calculation. Maybe maybe he maybe he sees himself as the heir apparent at this point. But also, I don't want to you know, we did this with Eric Wedge for years, and and it turned out to be as as silly as it, it sort of felt at times. Yeah, I think you're right. The way to characterize Atkins' job security is that. He's not on the hot seat, I think it's fair to say. But at the same time, he probably does not rank among the highest, uh, yeah, the guys who are least likely to be fired in all of baseball, right? Like yeah. he has a team with a lot of talent, with great expectations that has not met those expectations yet. And there's mitigating factors. I still believe that in broad strokes, this front office has done a pretty good job. Uh, I wouldn't be desperate to fire Ross Atkins myself. But like you said, if the team is a total disaster this year, you could put together a case if that's what you want to do. But I think you'd have to sort of be inclined to do it. And I don't think that that's the way Shapiro is leaning. Again, we just talked about uh, humility and what we know. I don't, you know, I can't claim a great insight on what Shapiro is thinking on this, but I would be very surprised if he's sort of like looking for a way off the Ross Atkins train. Um, no, and, and he he's talked about, you know, the value that he puts in stability. I, I quoted something from him from years ago uh, in a recent piece, like the value that he puts in stability uh, and this was more talking about like the manager, uh, which I get, you know, they, that's, that, that was why it's sort of striking that they decided to make that choice when they did last year, they, they felt that was necessary. And I think he was talking about, you know, once, you know, once you start, once you start making those changes that, you know, it, that, that sort of perpetuates and that, that it can be tough to stop making changes and trying to, to get the ingredients right. And he preferred, you know, the, the, you look at the situation in Cleveland, like with, you know, Antonetti below him and, and, and Terry Francona there forever. And it was it, that, like, that was a pretty stable group. Um, so on one hand, yeah, that, that does to me make me think, okay, yeah, no, he would, you know, it, it would take a lot for Ross to, to be even like get onto the hot seat, let alone like be fired. It doesn't seem plausible at the moment, but yeah, you know, you know, you never know. And, the, and, and also seeing what happened with Charlie, I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, and, uh, and obviously it did. And then seeing, you know, they're, they, they've really reshaped the roster this year too, right? Like they're, they're not opposed to, uh, to making some change uh, when they when they deem it necessary, and I, I don't know. I wouldn't imagine that they think that Ross has done anything there. What that would make that necessary, but also it's you know it's a front facing job. There's a there's a, a a fan a consumer confidence aspect to it, uh, and if that erodes, then yeah, he could be in trouble. But you know, let's let's hope we don't have to see that point. Yeah, I think that that would be more. To be honest, my again my take on this, and like you said, we've been surprised before. But my take on this would be like that would be a we're having a serious problem in 2024 type deal. Like, okay, we've had three years where things haven't quite gone right. Because I don't know, it's very easy to say 2021 was in many ways a success despite all the shit that went on. They came within one game. Uh, I think that's the first year that they felt serious that they should be contending. So I wouldn't even consider that a big... I think 2022 was arguably more of a disappointment and then you and then you do that again and then you come out i think you'd still give another chance and then if 2024 goes off the rail then you're really starting to feel 
uh, you know, the Vladdy and Bo clock, which I think this yeah. is the first year in, I don't know, again, this is a very ethereal thing. It's hard to put a pin in something that's not tangible like this, but this is the first year in my view that sort of you start to feel the Bo and Vladdy clock in a way that's somewhat serious. Like before it was more of a, a theoretical concept. Like, yeah, we're not going to have Vladdy and Bo forever, therefore we should act in this way. But it always sort of felt like you were going to. And now the clock seems to be ticking in a more uh, in a more serious way. And that you know, hasn't resulted in any extensions or anything like that. And maybe it will, and that'll never come to pass. But this era is, you know, it's closer to being done than being started, which is, um, which is not how it's felt in the recent. No, past. you're right, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't happen this year, there's only two years of those guys left. Like that, this year is real important in, uh, uh, in in the trajectory of the franchise in this era. Absolutely. So beyond Click, the other guy who's making a lot of headlines, Yusei Kikuchi, James Click, and then we're going to go back to the old spring performances. It's Ricky Tiedemann. This is interesting. You know, the the velocity thing was making all the headlines, I think, is the 98.3 mile per hour average in his outing. That's really good. That's better than anyone the Blue Jays rolled out last season. It makes it very easy to envision some kind of big league role for him this year. But I think that's, I don't know if that's necessarily a surprise. I don't know, like when you saw this outing and it, there's no, I'm not trying to diminish that it was a really impressive outing because it was, did it change your priors in terms of what you think Tiedemann could be in any way in the near future? Because like obviously one inning isn't going to change what you think about kind of a career trajectory. Yeah, I, I don't think really, um, though, you know, just the whole build up to it and the way people are talking about it and the way people who are closer, you know, who are down in the backfields and all that are are talking about it it, it it feels maybe more like uh like the role could be bigger than we we ha- would have thought or when 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 you look at um you know just when you look at how his, how his innings were limited last year and how they were very careful about you know building him up the right way um it feels like i, I don't know i i don't know like i think he i think he put on some some muscle in the in the off season which you know should help him be more durable in the long run or whatever they they, they feel about that uh, which maybe maybe makes it like a little more plausible to really see him actually like have the reins taken off to a degree and do a Manoa thing that, you know, that, that Manoa did a, a couple years ago, of course. I mean, that's, that's asking a lot of him one and the performances. I mean, like Manoa is such a like unicorn that it's, that it's kind of, it's kind of unfair to compare anyone to him. Like that just, that just doesn't happen very often. Like the way that he, you know, the, 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 speed at which he went from like college reliever basically to big league starter like like every fifth day kind of guy uh it was, it was pretty striking so you know I, it would not be you know we we also have nate pearson as a as a comparison right like it doesn't it does not always come together for you know the top prospects that you have in your organization so that's important to remember and and, and to you know not get too ahead of ourselves in terms of like where he's going to, you know, last year it was like a Relvis Martinez. Right. And then he went and like, like didn't his on base was below 300 in, in double a and people were like, how can they, how can they send him to the minors? Like this guy's ready. And it's like, clearly, clearly not. Uh, so, you know, yeah, one outing shouldn't change that. But if we're like Manoa, he were to continue and like to go into the spring and get those like three, four inning outings and, you know, face some lineups with more big leaguers in them and still continue to look like this. Um, 
then you got to start talking to the uh to the you know whatever the high performance department it's like how much how much can we push this kid's arm because it's it's a special arm and it uh it would absolutely help the big club if he could be you know why waste those bullets in the minors if he's ready yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. You do have to be cautious with how you handle him because last year was his first pro season and he had 78.2 innings. You know, that's just not, you know, it's not a lot of a baseline to work off of. And even Manoa, it was very easy for us to say at the time, oh, he's got, you know, he's got 35 pro innings, I believe, um, when he came up to the major leagues. But that was across two seasons, 2019 and 2021. In between in 2020, we don't really know what happened in terms of, you know, that was the weird COVID year. We don't really know what kind of workload he did on those side fields. Uh, the alter- we, we could presume it was close to, you know, a, a, appropriately within line of how they would want him to build up to become a big league starter, though, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, because there's no reason not to. And even before that, in 2019, he also pitched 108.1 yeah. innings in college. And he was older and more physically mature. And, you know, it's hard to know yeah. the correlation between him being a massive human being and him being durable. But that's certainly been the case so far, uh, is that he's been durable. And so it is a different, you know, it is a younger guy. It is a different frame. It is less of a uh, history. Even if there's more professional innings, it's less total innings. So I would be very cautious making those type of comparisons. Like when I think about sort of the perfect Ricky Tiedemann season that feels realistic to me for the Blue Jays. It would be him starting in AAA, getting a few starts there, kind of proving himself at that level, and then maybe joining the team in a bullpen role as a big, you know, flamethrowing guy. I don't know, late in games, if he proves himself, sure, or if not, just as a kind of a different look for teams because it, it is it's incredibly difficult for me to envision him going kind of wire to wire and starting a full season's worth of games and logging tons and tons of innings in a way that helps a big league club like it, it I don't know like him being a starter for the Blue Jays in September doesn't really seem like a viable option to me but I mean I'd I'd love to be surprised because he's an exciting talent and I'm looking forward to watching more of him but it it just doesn't seem likely based on the way this group likes to build workloads up yeah no i think that's totally i think that's totally fair and totally i mean we saw it with aaron sanchez right which is maybe a a more similar comp in terms of like like body type i guess at least uh and you know and just not having the innings and, and how that was you know the controversy in 2016 all right like they 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 had the back down on being like no absolutely he's not gonna he's not gonna get to like 200 innings or whatever you know, whatever number it was at the time um i don't know how much their thinking has changed since then it's crazy to think that they've been around for that long like (laughs) they still seem like the new the new guys a little bit uh to me which is bizarre but uh but yeah i i just because manoa did it doesn't mean that that, that's going to be the path for for tiedemann or anybody else for sure yeah i mean if any and then you know people talk about zuletta as well and like again that's that guy's a little bit older more mature maybe there's more chance of them pushing it with him but tiedemann yeah, this guy is—he's twenty years old, and he'll ter- he'll turn twenty-one during the season. It's it's a tricky thing because you know this is a team that is it's competing for a playoff spot, and in baseball, like it's not like basketball where when you're competing for a ba- uh, playoff spot in the NBA, you kind of know there's still a huge chance that you're just not in that group who's going to actually win. But in MLB, if you're competing for a playoff spot, you're competing for a World Series, and if you're competing for a World Series, 
you want every possible tool available at your disposal. And it is uh, it is going to be tough potentially to resist the temptation to use Tiedemann a lot because another thing I think that's sort of a trend in recent years is because there's so much data, especially with pitchers, on the quality and the movement and the velocity of the pitches. Um, there, there's so much we can take from relatively small samples that it's not like it used to be where maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago, you'd say, well, this kid's only 20. Let's see him prove himself in AAA and like he's got to get... I don't know, 25 starts down there and prove he's consistent before a team is going to believe that he's ready for the big leagues. And there's exceptions to that uh, when guys are incredibly dominant. But there used to be more, I think, of a prove-it mentality for pitchers in the minors. And now, kind of like you just said, it's more of a let's not waste our bullets here mentality. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with Tiedemann. Yeah, absolutely. All right. There's there. That is sort of the uh, you know I don't I don't want to say serious analysis component, but sure for the <laughs> yeah. of the podcast, it's time to get a little bit a little bit goofier um, because the Blue Jays released the promotional schedule, which is one of my favorite things to dig into in the season. And we're not going to go item by item, Stoughton. Um, I just don't think it's good to subject people to that. So I've kind of curated a list of sort of the best, in my opinion. Uh, and the worst, and I want us to uh, take people through it, the things that can get this year, and also and and give it a little bit of a ranking as well, because you know people people like lists, people like rankings. This has been proven, you know, this is human psychology at this point. <laughs> yeah. One thing I do want to say is that I'm gonna let's gonna start with the best. Be positive. It is Blue Jays happy hour. Uh, I didn't include the Springer and Vladdy replica jerseys because it's like that's clearly good. People want that. Yes. There's nothing to say about that. People like Springer. We just explained that Springer's unbelievably likable as a guy and also as an on-field player. Vladdy is the franchise player on this team. Obviously, people are going to want those ones. So I left them off. They're not creative. They're just good. People are going to want them. Uh, that's kind of the one rule I made for this one. I also left off um, generic bobbleheads. There, I did include some, but there's some that is just like X. I think there's a Barrios bobblehead, and there's nothing special about it. It's just Barrios. I think it's late in the season too, so that could really go one way or the other. But uh, <laughs> I left that one in the middle because, you know, whatever. It's a bobblehead. Everyone's got a bobblehead. So here are my, my top five best ones personally. And maybe this is, you know, again, this is a highly subjective area. But we just talked about uh, subjectivity a lot in this podcast. So that is the way it is. Here are my top five best ones. One, Caribbean Carnival Terry Cloth Bucket Hat. I don't understand what's happened with bucket hats in the last sort of five <laughs> years or so. Like when I was growing up, bucket hats were immensely stupid dad accessories, like ex almost exclusively for fishing. Um, and now <laughs> they are like a very legitimate fashion item that people who are way cooler than me, which is not a high bar, uh, would wear consistently. I put this on cooler or cooler or just younger, which may often goes. Hand yeah. Hand. I mean, it's a correlation, but yeah, both, yeah. both the same. <laughs> what people who are older and cooler than me wear bucket hats too. Uh, the reason partly, I think I'm a little bit biased on this because I recently attended the Raptors Caribbean, uh, heritage night, uh, it was Raptors okay. Pelicans game and the atmosphere was incredible. It's a little bit of a different fan base demographically for Blue Jays Raptors. I'm not, it might bring a slightly different, uh, it might not be the same level of energy for this, but if you look at that hat and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving you some time to Google these things. This is, uh, the professional podcast. I'm filling time so you can look at them. The <laughs> and, and, well, and, well, and thank you. Cause I've done it to Google, uh, 
uh, Colonel Blake from Mash, obviously the uh, the, the the progenitor of the, uh, the Bucket Hat style, McLean Stevenson. But R.I.P. It is a the, the, <laughs> the, speaking of being extremely old. The colors on this is incredible. It are are incredible in my view. I really like the colors. They're kind of only tangentially Blue Jays colors, but still, I think they're great. Uh, so that's this is on my good list. I hope we can agree this is a good item. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's quite that's quite an item. Number two, we've got the bow bundle. This is a rep- replica jersey, so it, it sounds very vanilla. It's something that I would exclude from the list, but the the extra touch is that it includes a headband as well, so you can kind of dress up like Bobachette, a little Bobachette cosplay. I thought that that was a really nice touch. It would be very easy to do a Bobachette replica jersey day. That would be a hit. People would come out. Uh, it would probably be profitable for the Blue Jays, but I like adding the headband as well. That's nice and simple. No, head headband, nice touch. Uh, I don't know. If the, I don't know what you could. Well, I, you, you sent me the list. I don't remember what was if this was on it. Uh, 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 do, is there going to be a mention of the Looney Dogs? Because I can I can shelve this. The I didn't include the Looney Dogs. Feels like a different category to me. That's like an of I don't know. Isn't it every Tuesday or whatever? Like that's I don't know something like that. Well, so but this this is new to me. Uh, perhaps not to you because I just uh, now I'm now I'm finally on the Blue Jays uh, site and the first thing I'm seeing is uh, breaking news. Uh, Looney Dog Knights are back, plus the introduction introduction of the brand new Schneider's Porch as part of the outfield district. There's going to be a hot dog porch of some sort, uh, which you've ever smelled the flight deck. I, I like. That sounds like it's a recipe for even worse smells. Yeah, so, I don't. I don't keep it near the visitors' bullpen, please. I don't, I don't know about a hot dog porch. I just, <laughs> I don't think that's a very sexy branding in general. Like when you think of a porch, I don't yeah. know. You think of like the pat- patio. I don't know. It it seems like a, a good place to mingle, and then you're gonna make that very hot dog dense. I don't know if I agree with that. As a, <laughs> like, as a are fan. guys gonna be hitting home runs into the hot dog porch? Like, <laughs> I mean, that would be very funny if that became. I, just, I did not. I just. I did not know that was the branding of one of their, uh, one of their myriad uh, new outfield uh, spaces. Okay, this is the one I put on the list. I think is the most controversial, but the reason I've done it is because. I'm a big believer in things that you might actually use beyond this, like something practical. A lot of the time people get these promotional items and then they're excited for like three seconds because they've lined up forever for it. And then, you know, two weeks later, it's just in the trash or it's lost and it's not a part of their life anymore. This is something you could use for a long time, which is why I added on the list, which is a we're here, which is I don't know if that's a slogan that we're supposed to know. Welcome, Matt. I think that's a great yeah. idea. You you have that if you've got a you know condo balcony, whether you have a house, whatever you're dealing with, there's usually a place to throw a welcome, welcome mat down. It's not the sort of thing that you generally think to buy yourself necessarily or you feel like you could do without. And uh, yeah, the Blue Jays have provided it for you. So maybe not the like the most exciting promo, but I don't know. I thought that was a good one. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I might not have had it quite as high. It's a good. It is a good and useful item. I think. I mean, I'm just thinking about like, what am I gonna? I'm taking this to the bar afterwards. What, what am I doing with this? That, that was the thing. That was the one thing I thought about is just the getting it out of there. I think you. you like I struggle with the magnet <laughs> schedule, which is another item that I always get and that's useful. But like, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. I think. I know. I also <laughs> I live walking distance from the ballpark, so maybe that's that's my bias on that one. There you go. Yeah. So we're going to finish off with a couple. Also, I will want to say like this is my top five in the best category. I, I'm not very impressed with the overall 
uh, <laughs> list, so that also played in. I've got two bobbleheads at the end here. One of them is the Vladdy Gold Glove bobblehead. I think that's fantastic because it's got the splits. It's a signature move. Obviously, Vladdy is a popular, well-loved player. But, you know, again, a lot of times bobbleheads are pretty generic. It's just kind of a guy standing there, a guy swinging a bat. And I like to see um, something that kind of plays in with what makes the guy special. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, you know, ironic when he's out for the season with a groin strain. But, uh yeah <laughs> but yeah no i i I like that too i mean I, uh someone told me like the, the piece i did this week that was like just a sentence or two about each of the players in camp was like oh wow that's a really like sour list or something like that and i'm like oh i think the team's gonna be good I, I shouldn't i shouldn't be so so down on stuff like that well also if you but met, you know if you but met. every time he does the splits i do sort of like die a little inside like watching george springer dive into second base it's like oh god here we go to be fair to you, if you're going to do a list of everyone in camp, like the vast majority of those players are not going to be on the big league team. And players who are not on the big league team are usually not on the big league team for a reason. Uh, <laughs> so they're not necessarily the greatest players. So I don't know. I think that it's easy for that list to turn up sour, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think my Kiermaier or Varsho or Barrios or Kikuchi uh, quips were, were appreciated either necessarily. Fair enough. Or Tim Mesa, man, get a right-handed batter out man. Yeah, yeah. the left-handed uh, bullpen issue is continues to be an issue. The last thing I had on this... Swanson. Swanson. Swanson's oh. going to be good. Yeah. He got it. He's got it. The last thing I've got on the list is the Romano Jansen handshake bobblehead. I do think this is kind of odd because you could argue that, in a sense, Jansen is the backup catcher, although you know it's a little bit more complicated than that. But it's weird because I think on paper, Kirk is, quote-unquote, the starting catcher. That being said, well, they didn't. They didn't have any like models of uh, the, that were Kirk shaped for yeah. the bobblehead, bobblehead right? That, you, could, you could just just get one out of the bin, and, and it's and it's Danny James. I mean, that's a joke, but I think I'm thinking <laughs> about that now, and I I think you might genuinely be right. I think that it was just pro- it might have just been easier to just have it be. Oh my god, that's definitely right. That's definitely <laughs> yeah. what happened. Anyway, that's hilarious. Um, so I, again, this is sort of a unique bobblehead. You just don't see ones like this. So I thought it was pretty cool. Obviously, there's the risk of, you know, Romano takes a step. You know you know how relievers are. He's not one of those top, 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 top guys where you feel 100% confident that it couldn't just fall off at any time. So it might look kind of weird at some point. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to be a good bobblehead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope so, too. Uh Okay, I'm so, watching Jordan Romano pitch really well. It's uh, yeah, but we do know how relievers are. Okay, what's your ranking on those five? Oh boy, um, I mean, jokes aside, I do like I do like I'm not a bobblehead guy at all. Basically, I do like the Vladdy doing the splits. That's uh, that's wonderful to me. Uh, because also, I mean, how often are you going to be able to celebrate Vlad winning a Gold Glove? Perhaps not that often in his career um so yeah savor that one and i, I the, the welcome mat despite i mean that, that bucket hat i i definitely i couldn't pull off that bucket hat so uh i but i could give it to somebody who presumably could so that that's maybe that's a two and i i your rankings are pretty good like i think the despite the difficulty of getting the welcome mat out of there um you know i kind of like to see the, the quality of the welcome mat i'm a little it's true dubious mm. that you know like like there's some you know, risk there. There's some risk there. Yeah. Like how how heavy is it? Do they, do they do they provide a weight for it on the website? I need I need it with a bit of heft. I need yeah, that I to be like fair. real nice straw or carpet or whatever the hell it is. 
Uh, and then whatever the other bobbleheads. I don't know. I forgot if I'm missing one. You're missing the bow headband and oh, that, 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 I like that too. I mean, especially I mean, especially if you're not an adult, that seems like a great one. If you're an adult, all these I don't know why <laughs> what you're doing, but uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Kids love getting that. Uh, kids, love, kids love a headband. The bucket hat is. <laughs> they haven't. They don't have. They haven't had to deal with the, the what nature will eventually do to their hair. You know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know if headbands are for me. Uh, bucket bucket hats probably. Not, yeah, none of these are necessarily for me. Um, but yeah, I generally like the ranking. I think the bucket hat is the is the most interesting, the most different, um, and the welcome mat is the most practical. <laughs> the, mo- the most. Uh, oh, we didn't know you were going to trade Lourdes and Tay Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That's true. Um, okay, so here this is this is actually probably more fun for me. These are the ones that I think are absolute shit. Um, and I, this isn't, I didn't, this isn't in no particular order, but we're going to, one of them is the candidate, first of all, Canada Day, huge day at the ballpark, important uh-huh. to nail this promotion. I get, you don't, you kind of don't have to, cause people are going to come anyway, but you, you want this to be a memorable day at the ballpark and they're giving out a straw hat. No one's going to wear that straw hat later. No one likes straw hats. It's like, this is what scarecrows wear. It's not what humans wear. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Canada. I think it probably has a logo on it or whatever, but it's just, you know, there's nothing that makes me think Canadiana uh, and straw hat in the same sentence. So I, I was pretty disappointed with that one. I mean, I don't know if you've never, you've never listened to any of our fine Canadian country music. I'm sure there's some straw hats uh, in parts of the country. I, I don't know. It feels like that's more cowboy hats. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like we're missing yeah. something here. No, I think a straw hat is, uh, is pretty lame. You're not. Uh, yeah. There's so many Canadian I mean, like, that you could. I was like, <laughs> if you see someone at the movie theater wearing a, wearing a free straw hat from the Blue Jays game, you do kind of be like, oh, man, I'm sitting on the other side. Yeah, it's like, getting thrown. Like, like it's, it's, I don't know. They're all getting thrown out. Like all of those yeah. straw hats, and they're also big and bulky. And I, I could see a lot of them getting thrown out day of because it's like uh, I don't want to bring this home. Yeah, you wear it for a day though. Um, okay, so this is number two. This one's a little bit complex. Uh, it's the Harry Potter themed scarf Ooh. giveaway. So here's a couple things. Obviously, uh, Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter is a pretty toxic brand right now, uh, for mainly due to J.K. Rowling, who said some. Uh, pretty horrible transphobic things. I'm not the person to drill down on those in terms of precisely what was said, but my understanding is it goes beyond ignorant into hateful. Uh, <laughs> and repeated. And repeated. Also. Like, again, yeah. not an isolated incident. So there's that. Harry Potter, just not a, not a brand you want to, like, link up with right now. Also worth noting, the last Harry Potter movie came out in 2010. Um wow. So, you know, and the books were before that. I know there's been like a Fantastic Beast series, whatever, after that, but I don't think anyone cares about that. It's just, it's it's not a good brand right now. It's not timely. It doesn't have anything to do with baseball. And it's a scarf. And like, this is in the summer. So I, there's just nothing about, like, this seems like a very easy idea to die in a brainstorming session. It, it kind of feels like a like a minor league baseball idea where they're like, What's a recognizable brand? Like, let's just do something related to that. And people who are a fan of that, maybe they'll come to our single A game. Like, it, it, this one makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, this is like, oh, who's gonna get, who's gonna pay for these scarves? Okay, I don't care. This makes yeah. Yeah, so that that one's brutal. I think that's probably the worst one in my view. That I I I foresee it being difficult to have a worse one than that. The next one is uh, Chris Bassett camo T-shirt day. Um, <sighs> 
I don't know. I mean, again, we could drill down on Chris Bassett's Twitter account and politics. I don't really want to do that. It's not really. The... <laughs> hey, he, he was he's pro uh, he's pro owners spending money. So, well, I, he's yeah, a, he's a comrade I, in I, my books. I yeah. wonder why. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but it just seems stupid to me. Like I've always felt like the you know the camo related stuff uh, at sports events you know it's it, again it's sort of the nationalism that goes along with sports and the anthems and stuff that seems totally unnecessary and odd it just doesn't seem to make sense to me we know for example that you know the and this is in the u.s but the u.s military like pays the nfl like stupid amounts of money um to do various things promoting them there's just a weird relationship there and i, I don't know i just don't really love uh military related stuff being around these sports that feels shoehorned in and also it's just ugly like i don't know who wants a camo chris bassett t-shirt well again there are parts of the, of the country. Well, i mean again i i can't i can't speak for everyone i know that <laughs> but from my own i should maybe i should not yeah. have phrased it who wants but i would say i very much do not want uh, from my point of view this is an ugly and unnecessary item yeah uh nothing to disagree with there Okay, number four. Uh, this one is pretty pretty bad, too. It's an MLB Network giveaway hat. It's just a hat that says <laughs> MLB Network on it. Nobody cares about that brand in Canada. If anything, people have a negative opinion about it. People are very attached to their own broadcasters, and when things go national, uh, the Blue Jays fan base tends to not have a good time. But this is an advertisement for a television station. Like, what are we doing here? No one wants to... You have to be in desperate straits. And to be fair, like, I've gotten... I went to a... One of the tennis uh, events in Toronto, I forget, I think it's the National Bank Open is called now, and they had a giveaway hat um, that I sometimes still wear just because for whatever reason that hat fit me perfectly, so I get it. Sometimes just getting a hat can be handy, maybe it's a sunny day, but when you're just representing a television network that I think a lot of the fan base doesn't have a great relationship with, that seems silly to me. <laughs> is it like so it's like a baseball hat? yeah just a baseball cap that says mlb network on the front <laughs> with the logo i kind of love it what? Uh, it's, it's like rob lowe wearing his nfl hat uh, it's like i just want to i want everyone to just have fun and watch the watch the tv i want i just i support harold reynolds you know if it was mlb if it was <laughs> it's, mlb it's instead of mlb network i think it would be more i mean yeah. more defensible in a kind of a goofy <laughs> way but this is just like a weird someone in a boardroom somewhere idea that i did not jive with yeah it's like it seems like there's some forced ones here it seems like maybe uh they really i mean people do people do show up they line up for those you know the promotional items like this is a i not for that one every, I don't like think. every year i think right yeah, yeah i don't think they're lining up for this mlb network hat <laughs> uh, be the first to own yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the last one, and this is controversial potentially because I could see someone liking this, but I don't. And that is the Kevin Gosman splitter jersey. So it is half the jersey is blue, half the jersey is white. Uh, this is because Kevin Gosman throws a splitter, and so he will have a split jersey. So one, we're basing a promotion <laughs> off a pun, which conceptually yeah. I have an issue with. Uh, it's just, you know, I think that puns get too much love in, in our society, in uh 2023 but also it just it yeah. looks ugly you look like you know sometimes when the parents of like a couple of brothers who are playing are playing in a yeah. game and they stitch together like a dumb jersey to show that they're supporting both their sons like you look like that uh which you know makes sense <laughs> if you have raised two sons who are playing professional sports and that's a must be an amazing thing for your family and a great moment and an occasion to put together a hideous jersey 
but I don't think that that means that the everyone should be out wearing these. But I could see people who like love Kevin Gosman being like, "Oh wow, this is a unique item that is Kevin Gosman related, and therefore I'm all in." So I, I'm like, if someone was like, "I'm super into the MLB Network hat," I would think poorly of them. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> think poorly of someone who is into this Kevin Gosman jersey, but personally, I I am not. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, for me, I mean, a noted fashionista that I am, um, yeah, I feel that those are all uh, like the 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 split jerseys uh, better in concept than execution a hundred percent of the time, and also the concept not really that great to begin with. And yet, I will say that I don't know. I can, uh, I I can entirely imagine uh, a younger person than I uh, being able to pull that off. But I sure as hell wouldn't wouldn't get anywhere near that myself. Yeah, I mean, I think part of what we've learned from kind of running through these things is that maybe it's just not for us. You know, maybe I, it, it I, might I, be. It might be potentially that this podcast, which has between <laughs> us accumulated some number of years on this earth, is just not the target audience for Blue Jays promotion. But yeah, the type of people who will just go to sixty home games for for, for watching baseball's sake, uh, maybe don't need to be drawn in by the wacky pro, uh, promotion. But we're talking about we're it. We're talking about it. You, you know, know what? That's, and, I, and that's what it's designed to do. I guess. Also, if I had to guess, and I I don't really have any audience data for us um, that drills down into demographics, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that we don't skew much younger than we are. So. I think that probably people would agree on a lot of these points. That's my guess. My guess is that we're not like a big, (laughs) you know, 16 to 22 Blue Jays podcast. No, I don't believe so. Uh, Hey, kids, though. But but honestly, yeah, message us. Tell us uh, if you're listening. And uh, message Nick. I don't don't need any children in my DMs. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, uh, refra- I don't know. Let's rephrase that. <laughs> we love all of our fans, regardless of our ages. If you're listening, we appreciate it. We like to hear from you, questions, reviews. You know, yeah, this is a tra- nice segue here. Uh, really? Ratings on Apple Podcasts. Since we've come back, you know, we, I don't think we've had any new ratings or reviews, so we'd love for you guys to get involved in all that kind of stuff. Now we're back in sort of a traditional form. And we will, That, by the way, if you haven't figured it out, this is me wrapping it up. We will see you guys next week on Friday, and there will be a lot of spring action between now and then, so maybe there will be some more players who the world has decided are amazing or terrible based (laughs) on a couple games, and it will be exciting. Beat it well. 